It is more important now than ever for families to instill the values they want into their children and equip them to make better choices in life. Timeless Truths will inspire you to do just that. Thank you to my friend Daryl Rolark, the recording artist, composer, and producer of this music called Beautiful Soul. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Timeless Truths as we continue to talk about the birth of Jesus. This is episode 25. Let me begin by reading the remainder of Luke chapter 2. These are verses 15 to 20. This starts after the angels departed and the shepherds went to find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths. They acknowledge that God has revealed this message to them and they find him. Remember, they knew where to go. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the sayings which were told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Now there's something that I find kind of disconcerting in these verses. The shepherds made this event widely known, and it says everyone marveled about it. But nothing is said that these people ever did anything about it. It's just not in scripture. It's just a personal observation that when I read these verses, I want to know more. How did the people respond? What did they do? But scripture is silent on it. And regarding these verses, I've also heard Rick Renner emphasize that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And what he is saying is that she became the source of the information that is written in the Gospels because she kept these things in her heart and pondered them. She knew what it was. So she was able to tell the writers of the Gospels so many things because she knew firsthand and she kept them in her heart. And so that is where some of that firsthand information really comes from. But I want to return to earlier in Luke chapter 2 to explain something else. Let me read verses 6 to 7 again and then explain. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. While they were there means that Mary and Joseph didn't just get right into town before she gave birth and, oh, they couldn't find a place to stay. They were there for a while. It also gives us the information there was no room for them in the inn. When I was conducting the research for my book on Christmas, I found the article, The Birth Revisited, by a man named Harold Smith. He explains that the tradition makes us think that Mary and Joseph had no place to go and they became stuck in an animal stable as a last resort to give birth to the Messiah. He says that scripture does not support this. 
you know, we have also studied already how Jesus was born in a very special place that God prepared long in advance and announced the birth of Jesus to the only people on earth who could properly identify the Lamb of God. Now I want to provide you some of Harold Smith's insights on the inn. Listen to his explanation. The Greek word for inn is kataluma, which means guest chamber and of the family home. Jewish family homes had a guest chamber, or kataluma, which was available for family guests. Kataluma is translated in Luke 2.7 as in. However, Luke 22.11, when Jesus is seeking a place to celebrate Passover, kataluma is translated as guest chamber. The term guest chamber is certainly a valid interpretation and is more in keeping with Jewish family life of that time. Scripture says that while they were there, the time had come for Mary to give birth. In all likelihood, they did not start their journey right before Mary gave birth. They probably had been in Bethlehem for a while before it was the time for Jesus to be born. They would have been staying in the guest chamber of the family home in Bethlehem. They were both descendants of King David, as were their families. This would have been a nice home in which they were staying. However, when a Jewish woman gave birth, she became ceremonially unclean. She needed to be separated from the family so that they would not become unclean by her blood released during childbirth. Joseph and Mary needed to move out of the guest chamber of the family home. Their family would not have been ostracizing them and forcing them to move into an animal stable at the time of childbirth. You could see that Harold Smith's writing answers some of the questions about the inn and why they were there. It answered questions for me about Mary becoming unclean when she gave birth and about the inn. So where did they go? They left the family home and went to the watchtower of the flock. How did they know? Did the Lord tell them? Did an angel appear to Joseph in another dream? Did they understand from their study of scripture? Probably. Being of the lineage of King David, they would have known of the prophecies about the birth of the Messiah, including Micah 4.8 and 5.2. They knew that Mary was carrying the Messiah. They understood what the Bible said about the birth of the Messiah and how he would be revealed from Migdal Eder. The birth chamber, which was the cave portion of the Tower of the Flock, would have been ceremonially clean for the sacrificial lambs, thus clean for the birth of the Messiah. And and actually, Rick Renner said that in the reading that I, I read for you last time. Now, the Bible does not say explicitly how they knew, but they went to the Tower of the Flock for Jesus to be born. They knew how to go there. The angel of the Lord sent the shepherds of the temple flock to certify to the world that the Messiah was born because they were the only ones who could be able to do that. So I want to turn our attention to today and what it is like to tour Bethlehem and the Church of the Nativity. As I mentioned, I was there just a few months ago, and I also was there about 25 years ago. So I want to start by explaining the geography of the land. 
As I mentioned before, the shepherd's fields are on a slope with many caves along those fields, which were used for shelter for the shepherds and for their sheep. We actually had the opportunity to go into one of those caves and we sang a Christmas song. What an incredible location to sing a Christmas song honoring the birth of Jesus in the very area where the angels announced the birth of the Messiah to those shepherds. Now at the top of those fields is the Church of the Nativity, which is built over the location of Jesus's birth. It is the high place in that area. And that's really where those shepherds were looking out over the flock and making sure there was no danger. Now, in the first century after the death of Jesus, this location was identified and a grotto was built over it. So very early on, that exact location was identified. And the guide that we had in Israel explained to us that many of the early Christians took stone and they put markings into the stones of these different locations. So they identified it very early. And early Christian fathers also identified where Jesus was born. In those first couple of centuries, there were several of the early Christian fathers that identified it. And then a few hundred years later, Helena, the mother of the Roman Emperor Constantine, built a church over it. And that was about 350 AD. So this area was really well known in the times of the early church. But then that church was destroyed. And the current church of the Nativity was built around the mid-500s AD. And there is actually a location where you can look under the floor under some glass, and you can see the ruins of the church built by Helena. You can see beautiful tile work that is our beautiful mosaics. So you're looking into what was built in 350 AD. And she knew from those first couple centuries of well-marked and well-discussed by the early Christians, they knew. And she built on top of that. And then this current church is on top of that. So you really know this truly is the location. And the Catholic Franciscan monks really have a good understanding of the history of the original grotto and to where we are today. And they've done a very careful tracking of this location. There is also an adjoining cave where St. Jerome in the late 4th and early 5th centuries translated the Bible into Latin, and it's called the Latin Vulgate. He used the original Hebrew for the Old Testament, and he did this work in a cave by the cave where Jesus was born. He did it there because he knew this was the location of the birth of Jesus, and he wanted to be as close as possible when he did this work. So when you go to the Church of the Nativity today, it is just amazing. And I want to give you an idea of what it is like to go into the church. So the church, it is a very large church. It is now about 1,500 years old. There's a very low entrance to go into the church. You have to bow down, and that is really the intent, so that you bow down and give honor to the Lord to enter the church. And then once you get inside, there's a very large main hall 
very ornately decorated, a lot of Orthodox influence from centuries of decorations that have been put there. And then there's columns. So there's kind of two like portico, one on the left and one on the right, but it's a big main hall. And at the very back is a church. Now, if you go to the back of the church and to the right, you go down some steps and it's the entrance into the cave where Jesus was born. It doesn't look like a cave today because of all of the decorations and candles and it is dark, but it is a revered place for 2,000 years and very honored, a very honored place. So when you go down those steps, there's like eight or 10 steps. At the very bottom, to the right, you see a bronze star on the floor, and that's where Jesus was born. If you go to the left, at the bottom of those steps, you see the manger. It is stone, and it is at ground level. And it's probably just 10 or 12 feet from where Jesus was born. The area is not a large area, but it was not an enormous cave either. And then to exit, you just go steps that are opposite the ones that you came down, and you take them to go back up into the main church. And I want to encourage you to please just go online and look for pictures of the Church of the Nativity so that you can visualize the things that I'm explaining to you here. Just, you know, look at those pictures and think of these episodes that I have had and talked about the birth of our Messiah, our Lord Jesus, and just visualize what I saw. So you cannot get there today, but you can look at the pictures and reflect on the things that I am telling you. Now to close this section, I want to read all of Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20, and then As I'm reading this, think about the things that we've talked about over these three times together, and just think of what the enhanced meaning is now that you know. So let me begin reading. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angel a great multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen this, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. And this is Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. And I want to encourage you to go online, look at the pictures you can find for the Church of the Nativity. Just go and look and, and visualize the things that I have told you. I want to encourage you to get Rick Renner's book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, or listen to his teachings on YouTube or buy the DVDs and listen to it. He expands further along than I am here, such as when the, the, the Magi came and a lot more information that follows. You can also get my book, which is called The Tower of the Flock, and learn more about what I have been telling you that I was not able to cover in these three episodes. And I hope that this study of the birth of Jesus brings you closer to Jesus this year. I wish a blessed Christmas to you and your family, and may Christmas have such greater meaning to you this year. Love to all of you. From Dr. Christine Van Horn and Timeless Truths, goodbye for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Timeless Truths podcast with me, Dr. Christine Van Horn. I hope that you have been inspired and have found this discussion helpful in guiding your family. Please check out my website at drchris.co for additional resources or contact me at chris at drchris.co. See you next week.